note is a note that's played, but goes unnoticed, like so much of the work behind the music before it hits our eardrums. I'm Hannah Copeland. Join me for in-depth, honest, and unpredictable interviews of Kansas City's music makers, plus new music happenings to put on your radar. It's all on Ghost Notes via the Fountain City Frequency Network. from Winfield, Kansas, who plays under the moniker Your Friend. She was signed to Domino Records, home of Animal Collective and Neutral Milk Hotel, in 2014 after the release of her self-produced EP called Jekyll Hyde. Since then, she's toured internationally and put out a full-length album, Gumption, via Domino in January 2016. And she's here with me today on Ghost Notes. Whereabouts is your is your family from? Where'd you grow up? Well, and it's actually where I was born. Um, if I'm being like very, you know, um, precise. Yeah, precise. Yeah. Um, but like Winfield was like the place I was at the longest, like from fifth grade through high school. It's very small. I, you know, I have friends from there too that we talk about it when we go back to visit our family. Um, you feel like this really weird like weight. Like mm-hmm. when you cross like the, you know, the city limit sign, it's very, it's like slower moving, you know, and, um, but I've moved around quite a bit, you know, uh, and Lawrence just kind of had this mix. It was like, if you want it to be fast paced, it can be. And if you don't want it to be, it can be, you know, uh, it was a happy medium. But I've definitely spread myself super thin <laughs> in the last couple of years. So. How, how so? What do you mean spreading yourself thin? I th- it's just the way that I function, and that's why I think I'm, like, forcing myself <clears throat> out of that habit right now. Where did that heightened uh, sense of productivity, if you will, come from? I think I just, I, I remember wanting to do a lot of different things growing up like I when I would really get into something I'd really get into something like there was a small amount of time that I really got into boxing you know but I was also into yeah I mean like I was just like and um I I got into it I don't know um I went to Haskell for a little bit and they have a really good program (laughs) there actually and and it was it was really intense and what what about boxing that's a very violent sport you know it is. And but, I'm just thinking about like the music you make. <laughs> right. It's I, it's so funny though. I hear so many stories about. Um, I I actually heard a story about uh, Leland Kirby. I love his records so much. Just incredibly beautiful. The most delicate music. And I've heard that he's just so loud and like like we'll be at the pub yelling and he just makes this really delicate music. And I think that happens a lot. You have this idea of like oh maybe this person's very this way. But you have to get it out somehow, you know. But I think what it is... Get is what it, out? Yeah, well, just being a person, you know. Like it's, Even just sitting in a desk all day, sometimes I'm like, I need to get up and I need to, you know, just exercise, to feel exhausted. I love that cathartic, like, that's what I liked about boxing is that I felt so worn out. Does physical exhaustion inspire you? <laughs> I think it makes room 
for me to be creative or to pay attention to what inspires me. I have a very like reeling brain and that's like the thing that is very meditative. You're mentioning earlier that you're you're working a desk job right now. Right. And we talked about this on the phone a little bit. You're working 40 hours a week. Uh, what is your desk job? Oh, right. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, I, I like create the listings for uh, the men's side of Wildman Vintage, like the clothing. It's really fun and funny in some ways I get to be, you know, he he's a great boss. He's really funny. But he lets me kind of have my way with descriptions and things. We have to delete a lot of things. He's like, you can't say that. And I'm like, oh, What okay. are you trying to put in the description? Oh, God. Right now I'm doing a bunch of, like, tour shirts, you know, like, like band tour shirts, you know. And so, right. like, I'll try to make a pun with each one, you know, at the <laughs> end, like, after I've described, like, what the damage is and sort of thing. Like, I think, what did I? Like, like I did a Rolling Stones one the other day that I ended it with, like, you can always get what you want, starting with this shirt. You know, like something stupid. It's just so stupid, but it, it's funny. It's just a really interesting job. So when I was talking to you about your, your desk job, I mean, the first thing <laughs> that came to mind is, whoa, you have a desk job? You know, I mean, I think a lot of right. people... Um, it's pretty well known, at least in this era, you've been signed to Domino Records. Um, sure. In a, a lot of musicians' perspective, you know, you've made it. And, a lot, <laughs> you know, you don't have to. Um, I'm just surprised is that you do have to, you still have to work 40 hours a week. Oh, and, yeah. No, I mean, I think most of, I mean, most musicians I know are at least working some sort of job. Sometimes it's usually more related like to the music, like they're a sound engineer during the day, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. But they, I mean, unless you're touring really, you know, like intensely in, in making, you know, money off of that, then you're doing okay. You're not like, you can cover your rent comfortably and know that you're just on the road, you know, but it's a, it's, you know, it's a long process, you know, it's not, Physical music doesn't settle too like it used to, and there are all these factors mm -hmm. at play, you know. But um, you know, I'm still thankful people come out to shows. You know, it's it's gotten to that point where people don't really have to. You know, it's I mean, I love to, but I can see why people would be like, well, there's streaming and there's this and that, and I I'll just listen to the record. And uh, but yeah, I mean, when people yeah they they have this uh, misconception that like I don't have to do anything anymore, but play music which I you know I wish were true but what what it is though is it's this opportunity that I wouldn't have you know I wouldn't be able to press my record I wouldn't be able to do this or that you know and that's what they've provided and have put support in you know uh, put support in of it I don't know that's what that. Domino has done for you yeah yeah and um because I'd probably still be working 40 hours, you know what I mean? And um, and not have a record press. So to me, it's just this really amazing opportunity and I get to go play for people, you know? to be found um, <laughs> online or in your in your vinyl either right. like the liners yeah why 
I don't know. I think the the lyric thing for a while, especially with the EP, I was almost like in a in a stupid way to put it, you know, but like protective, you know, it just seemed like a very and that's so weird because like lyrics were such a big deal to me, you know, obviously like growing up and listening to music, like I was always, you know, paying attention to that sort of thing because I think that's what really makes a great song sometimes. Like the the song can be really simple, mm-hmm. but if, you know, they manage to um, achieve more, which is what they say, you know, but um, yeah, then I started thinking about the idea of like trusting the listener. Like what's, you know, like what, what do I have to protect, you know, or, um, is that kind of mildly offensive, you know, to be like, you don't get to have the, you know, it's just silly. Like the, what I saw from the other perspective and, um, you know, but, um, I have at a couple of shows on this last tour, like there'd be like a chorus of something and they didn't know. And I like wrote it on a napkin or something for them or sent them like the, cause I, I did type them all out, which is silly. You know, like they are typed out in the archives, you know, for um, that purpose, but so I would just like forward them the Dropbox link or something. Like, what's your email? I'll just send them to you. You know, um, so they should be up soon. What's but, your hesitation? Why have you not? Why has it taken almost? I mean, I guess more than two years to release lyrics. Oh, I think you know I'm I'm working on being a less insecure person. <laughs> and I mean, even Dev Hines actually the other day he tweeted about this and he uh, performs this Blood Orange. Um, he said, not all my songs are about relationships, like two out of the whole catalog, you know, and all these people were tweeting at him like, well, what's this one about? You know, and that's, what's really funny is that, especially with how I think vague mine are, like you can kind of go anywhere with them. Like, what does that mean? You know, or this doesn't even make sense grammatically or, you know, and, (laughs) um, so I think that's the, that's somewhat vulnerable in that you know, to some degree that someone's not going to know most people are going to know what it's about and they're going to assume things. Even like, I feel like when I read fiction sometimes, you know, like, sh- you know, short stories are like, did this really happen to the author? You know, mm-hmm. like you have that thought, like how much of this is real and how much of it is fiction, you know? And so in a way, yeah, it can be really, um, yeah, it can like put yourself in a really vulnerable place your lyrics from what i've listened to they don't really follow a narrative no yeah they do in a larger sense it's like a big topic and the things that have happened within the topic you know what i mean it's not but you're right it's not like a story generally um so explain that to me you said they do in a way follow a narrative well like um like i turned in for instance um it's like the second to last song on the record it's it's about the idea of like you in, in several senses not even just like in the way that you know i see it sometimes um but getting coming back to this place like that disorienting feeling of like i feel like i grew i did all these things and i'm in this place again How, like why do i keep coming back to this place or what is this place to me and so it's like that idea it's like an overarching idea and it could pertain to a lot of different things for people and i that's what i like about them though is that once you put something out there you know it doesn't belong to just you anymore and so i I, what i've always wanted for anybody listening is to to take away what they want from it or what's useful for them and um, i mean that's what a lot of music has done for me is how it yeah it's just uh, how it relates and that's the connection that i really thrive on is when i have these email exchanges or something with people that something really 
resonated with them. What, what is the the place in I Turned In that you keep coming back to? When you what, what did you have in mind when you wrote that? What were you going through? You know, and I'm finding this more and more just over the past few years, you know, um, I feel like there's some level of me that doesn't feel like I deserve good things. <laughs> you know, it's really strange. Like I... It's almost, not it's not masochist, like saboteur almost. I don't know. It's like in this way where things will be fine and that makes me uneasy. In this really uh, inside, you know, like it's like a subconscious thing that I, and I, it's almost like watching myself do it, you know. And, um, you know, but I've gotten so much better about it. But at that time I was in the heat of it, you know, and I was like. What was going on? Um, just, yeah, just like the my relationships with people and like how they changed and how some of them made me feel really anxious and some of them made me feel like I had really hurt somebody or, you know, it was just like they were changing in this way where everything used to be so easy, but I was really getting to know people and really connecting at that point. And sometimes that's where that intensity lies, you know, when things are like, it's, it's not surface level anymore. You know, you're not just like, Oh, I see this person out or like you're like getting to know somebody and, um, people are being more vocal with you, you know, like, Hey, that one time you said that, or, you know what I mean? But, um, but with me, it was just like, I couldn't, I mean, the drinking, I had to quit drinking, you know, it, it was, it sent me down this like really depressed tunnel, you know? And, um, and that's what I mean. Like I would, it would be fine. And then I would wake up. It was the day after always that I would feel like, awful (laughs) and it's a depressant you know like that some people can handle it better than others and I think it just had me in this really I was like in its grip I was kind of I felt like I was um stuck or like in limbo you know like I I couldn't make anything or you know or I was numbing out feelings or you know it was just it got to that point where it wasn't it didn't feel destructive until the end of it you know, it wasn't like I felt like I was being very destructive. But uh, you kind of wake up and you look around and you're like, what, what happened? Like, what did I do? You know? And that was a pattern for you? Yeah. I mean, well, even just like growing up too, my mom would say that. She's like, everything would seem to be fine. And that would make you like worried or, you know, like you would like want a reason to not feel okay. Or to not feel like you deserve things or to be happy or... Yeah, <laughs> I haven't really talked about this before. It's funny. <laughs> it's very, very personal, guys. <laughs> it's funny. How does that feeling that you don't deserve good things come out in your music? Uh, I don't really know. <laughs> I think what I've just tried to do is just, like I said, um, I have a genuine interest, you know, in the sonic side of things. Like I, I'm totally in love with it. I'm in love with sound. And being able to, you know, marry that, yeah, with songwriting 
and it's changing you're like i don't know if i'll always, like it's it's very like folk based like i look i boil down the songs i'm like this is a folk song you know um but it's it's changing like i don't know what the next thing will be every show is different like where i'm at you know and uh i think i like that as well i don't know I'm, i feel like i'm still navigating all of it and i'm just trying to all of what all of the change of being out of school i went straight from being out of school to doing like this sort of thing you know right. and i to not, playing music full-time for yeah. for well yeah just to doing it yeah putting out a record and doing those things and um i feel you know like i feel lucky i got to walk down the hill into this you know like for a while i was like what am i gonna do after i graduate you know and i someone answered that for me and you know i feel really lucky but i'm also having to like backtrack you know to have the existential moments now, you know, like in my downtime, or just the responsibility that comes with it. Darren Miller, thanks for being on Ghost Notes. Yeah, thanks for having me. Also known as Your Friend. This Ghost Notes episode was produced in collaboration with KCUR 89.3. We're putting out episodes all summer that pair with live performance videos of our Ghost Notes guests. This series is called Something to Watch, and you can watch a video of Your Friend, Yes You Are, and Barrelmaker playing live on KCUR's Facebook and YouTube page. Of course, Ghost Notes will also share these videos on our Facebook page at Fountain City Frequency. And this is exciting. We'll be broadcasting, that means on the real radio, if you remember what those are. We'll be broadcasting bite-sized versions of our Something to Watch Ghost Notes episodes live on KCUR 89.3's Central Standard at about 10.45 in the morning on the day that we release the episode. Your friend Taryn Miller will be on tour through the end of August. You can check up on her music and her schedule at yourfriendtaryn.com. Ghost Notes is produced by Matt Hodap. Our theme music was composed by Jamie Searle. Matt Sullivan runs our website, and I am Hannah Copeland. You can reach me at ghostnotespodcast at gmail.com or through our Facebook page, Fountain City Frequency. Thanks for listening. Oh.